You know what? You do what you want, and uh, we're going to roll with it. Got it. Got it. You fucking get me. God damn it. Make it up. Show monkey. <laughs> Welcome to History Untapped, the podcast that delves into fascinating stories from the past. Today, we're going to talk about a supernatural event that occurred during World War One, known as the Angel of Mons. Damn, that actually felt pretty good, guys. That felt pretty good. You like yeah, it? I'm gonna start putting these yeah. in then. Problem. I got a fucking slight chub, and it's hurt like a motherfucker because it's pushing nice. up against my zipper. Nice. Yeah. No underwear, by the way. Oh, that's on you. Yeah, uh, I yeah a, it's fucking... I got a little stiffy, not much, but a little. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not a big one, right? But it's enough because, like... It's enough. Just enough. Rager. Hey, yo. No rager. On August 22nd, 1914, a British army was retreating from the German advance near the town of Mons in Belgium. The British were heavily outnumbered and outgunned, and the situation was dire. However, according to legend, they were suddenly saved by the appearance of an angelic figure who appeared in the sky above the battlefield. The angel was described as a tall, luminous figure with wings and a sword who appeared to be leading a ghostly army of British archers. The vision was laid to... That <laughs> was laid? Whoa. How somebody is. Somebody. Know what you got on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about chubs and everything. Hey. The vision was said to have inspired the British troops who were able to mount a successful counterattack and hold off the German advance. I wonder if this is where Tolkien got his inspiration. Um, so, have you guys ever looked into the Tolkien stuff? Well, I know a lot of it's like um, World War. His his war experience, I know, is a lot of what inspired it. Yeah. It's like that yeah. and like Norse history or not history, but sagas. Well, he was in World War One, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm anyway, saying so. Battle uh, of Bonds could have been his inspiration for that the Ghost Army. And yeah. who, who played uh, Saruman again? Oh, uh, Christopher Lee? Wasn't he also in World War One? World War Two. Two? He was, he was in two. Um, but yeah, no, uh, But he was the only one in Lord of the Rings to, like, actually meet Tolkien. Right. Yeah, probably. From what I, from what I remember. Yeah, no, Tolkien, like, he started writing a lot of this, um, stuff when he was in the army in World War One. Like, he. Yeah, wasn't he, like, in the trenches? He was in the trenches. He was documenting a lot. Um, yeah. This is where I'm a little nerdy, and I know a lot about, like, Tolkien. Talk nerdy to me. Hobbit and shit and stuff. Um, but, yeah, he basically, <laughs> um, what he witnessed in the trenches and his, you know, what he, he viewed throughout in the entire World War One, um, kind of made him a little crazy in the sense that, like, he wanted to escape from all of that and then instead of internalizing it and making it hatred and whatnot he used a lot of that knowledge along with his um faith he created the world that then became the hobbit um he did the cimmerillion he him and three other friends after they got out of the trenches actually went to um college and created like a whole like group where they created this world together 
and then he took that to move on and and move forward until he was able to create like this whole world from his experiences, especially in World War One. So, yeah. But so I don't know, maybe it's like a bullshit thing that I've read, but did he create the Elvish language first, and then he was like, "All right, I'll make a book around this," and he made The Hobbit. I think he he started, if I remember correctly, he started writing. So technically, the Cimmerillion came first, which is like his his whole vision of the entire universe. Yeah, yeah, but that and, actually and, it came later. And, and it was finished later. It was finished later, um, but I think it started then. He started creating this world with that, um, and then. Because wasn't it originally that was just notes or something like that about what he wanted to do, and that yeah. was what started The Hobbit? Yeah, he started writing notes down and things like that. So I think when he created the Elvish language, he created part of it out of um, Arabic um, and, and his knowledge of the Arabic language. So some of his like Elvish writing has a little bit of tie-in to the Arabic language, but yeah. yeah, he basically at that point started creating the Elvish language and then started writing like the rest. It was all kind of evolving through his experiences with the war and after the war. And yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a really crazy, that's actually, that's probably something we should look into and dive into. Yeah. We should do a topic that's, because just hearing you talk so much about Tolkien Made my slut chub go full chub. Uh, yeah, that. I am a little nerdy. I, I, I... Talk nerdy to me. The story of the Angel of Mons quickly spread throughout Britain and became a symbol of hope and inspiration during the dark days of the war. However, the story was also controversial, with some claiming that it was propaganda or a myth created to boost morale. But there were so many soldiers that survived. Because they, they were getting fucked up left and right by the Germans, like, yeah. just getting mowed down when all of a sudden they see this, like, big angel come out, like, Joan of Arc style, like, point the sword forward, and then, just like Lord of the Rings, you see, like, a volley of arrows, like, fly through the angel and just, like, crash into the Germans, and all of a sudden, like, they're, like, there's a bunch of longbowmen, basically, in the skies firing arrows at the Germans and all these British soldiers got away and they all said the same thing. Like, we all saw the angel and a bunch of British archers and then we all got away. I think this was actually one that was on my list. Yeah, like so it wasn't just like one or two guys like, oh yeah, we saw an angel. It was like hundreds of them all saw the same thing. They all saw the same thing. Well and they were losing at this point, right? Yeah, they were British in full were they were in full retreat. The, the British were getting their asses handed to them, and then they saw like it wasn't just one angel; it was multiple angels that they had seen throughout this, and somehow were protected. I think plague played part of it. I don't know. This is what happens when I research shit in an airport and then don't talk to anybody about it. Yeah, that's seen as a divine indication by God that they were on the side of the Allies, and the end they would prevail. That's some Joan of Arc shit in right. 1917. Yeah, or whenever during, this was. Yeah, during World War World War One. So, yeah, a lot of people are saying it's just like like the men hallucinating. 
but pretty weird they would all see the exact same thing. Right. So this one guy says that he was talking to his grandfather about it. He did a bunch of research in that people say it's the hallucinations, could be a cloud formation or a phenomenon of the weather, could be this, could be that. He says that at the end of the day, my grandfather wasn't religious in any way, shape, or form. He had no reason to lie to me. He only told me what he saw. I won't say what he thought he saw because he was 100% convinced what he saw was there. Told me with great conviction, a sky full of angels and mons have their wings stretched above them. No reason to make it up. Remain certain of this right up to his death um, in 1966. One thing is, uh, especially with the British, they like looked up to the skies and they saw like there was it wasn't just one like no it was an army of well there was the one the main one but then there was the army behind them basically there was a bunch behind it that basically depicted the same Um, the one image that I've seen is like of the 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 front one with with the wings and the sword and they were they were losing they were not going to win the war. They were on the backside, and somehow all these troops were able to, like, conquer the invaders with no problem. And they were outmanned, outgunned, all of that. So So, do you think it's real or do you think it's mass hysteria or something else? I mean... I would say, for for me personally, if it wasn't so recent i would say it's fake it's something made up you know some king wrote down in his war journal this is what happened and it makes him closer to god this way but this is hundreds of people all saying the same thing or it could be like a mandela effect I don't disagree. mandela effect takes years and years years. in the trenches one dude fucking makes up some shit on a random event that was going on, maybe a random push that they were all and, fucking and they, exhausted. They all on. saw it, all and they all were just like, you know what? He was like, "Didn't you fucking see that angel come through?" And he was another guy was like, "Yeah, I did see that fucking angel come through." I, I know I haven't slept in seventy six hours, but fuck, maybe I did see that angel. Could I be? think a point. I think, think point. To, I think it comes down to energy and belief system so if if you're exhausted right i mean going back to joan of arc right she was she she said she was going to be pierced that day something bad was going to happen but it was out okay and all of these people believed her and then she was stabbed in the one place where her armor couldn't protect her and she said, "No, it's cool. I'm gonna be okay." And all these people believe her. I think it's the same thing. Like it's it's uh, an energy, a vibe. Like all these people are like, "Hey, if we just believe enough, we can do this." And it gave them enough strength, whether whether it's true or not. It it gave the British enough strength to then overpower, you know, a group that was looking to win. I think that it. It also had, on the opposite side, you think you're about to to beat these people and to force them into submission, and all of a sudden here they are rising up, running at you with such ferocity that you're like, what the fuck? You know, like you, you because you think in 
on the opposite side, you're like, dude, we got this. We're going to win. It's cool. And then all of a sudden you have all these people running at you hard in this very, very confident way. You're like, oh, fuck. Did we miscalculate something? Like, did something – like, are we in the wrong? And then I think that's what I want to know is I, I want to – we everything I've seen, it's all British – People saying what they saw, and there's nothing about what the Germans saw that night. Right. I think it's. I need a German. I need a German to back it up. (laughs) So. But yeah, I I saw that bitch. She fucking waved her flaming sword at me, and a bunch of British dudes with bows and arrows in the sky started shooting at me. Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode of History Untapped. If you enjoyed this show as much as we did, please leave us a rating and feel free to follow us on anywhere you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else. Also, please share us with your friends and family, as that is the most important way that we are going to gain more followers and get more content out there. If you want to, you can also visit us on Instagram at History Untapped. We also have a merch store at historyuntappedstore.org. All music on the show is produced and performed by all good folks.